Hey man, I'm excited. I'm trying. I'm trying something new and different. I get the iPad. I get the iPad this morning. I have full control, and that's what Dave says. You got full control. I want to. I'm not quite sure what that means, um, but I'm excited about that. Um, it, it has been so special just to be here. I do want to. I do want to thank a number of people. I, I want to thank so much David and Megan, who've been just an incredible inspiration to Penny and I. And I, I think so many of the things that they've done here uh, in, in Auckland has truly inspired us in Brisbane. Had incredible impact uh, on the church. We've. Uh, We've learned a huge amount from you, and we really love uh, we really love our partnership uh, with you. It's also been so incredibly special. Uh, we've been staying with Scott and Anna, and just an incredible partnership uh, we feel with you guys. It, it really has been phenomenal. We go back, we go back so many years, and, and I remember when Scott was working at the airport, and we reached out to him, and and just studying the Bible with him, and, and it's been fan- fantastic. Um, meeting um, uh, you know Peter and Anna's kids, uh, and and really, they're not kids anymore. They're grown up, and had an amazing conversation with Briar last night. I can't see where she is, but um, but that was stunning. You know, fantastic time with uh, John, uh, hanging out with John and the Stonemans, uh, and, and then it was crazy catching up with Jody. You know, Jody lives like he's always lived, and, and we drove into Jody's, uh, Jody's uh, home, and he really did look at me like, what is going on? Um, and, there, and then, you know, he can't, but he kind of flexed those muscles a little bit, and you know, it's like, and then he saw who we were, and he goes, he kind of... Wow! Well, you know, it's like you're taken back in time. Um, so, you, so that that was awesome. Go with Nick and Aggie. Uh, just so good to see those guys. Nick and Aggie left an incredible legacy uh, in the church, uh, in the church in Brisbane, and we feel um, so uh, so inspired. We miss them. I, I, I'll be honest. I tried to talk him into coming home. Um, <laughs> staying here. I said, Nick, come on. Um, but he said, no, I'm staying here. Oh. Um, so, but, um, <laughs> well, that's, that's right, chop, chop. He said, chop, chop on your way back. And, um, but, but it has, it was hilarious, you know, it was a bit of deja vu, you know, we went to Western Springs, and I said, I've been here before, and also I've been here many times, I've been to this place before. And then Nick reminded me, uh, this morning he said, John, that's where you married us 22 years ago. So, that's, I knew, I said, but the building wasn't, I said, they've changed. He said, well, they've changed it in 20 years. I said, how, how dare they? But, but um, it, it needs to be just as it was, and... and um, Anyway, it, it is so awesome uh, to be here to speak to so many of you, you know, Richard and, and, and uh, uh, Chris and Aaron, and if I've missed you out, I, I just have been so blown away uh, by being back here uh, and, and seeing you all and seeing just the incredible atmosphere uh, in, and spirituality uh, of the church. And thank you so much for giving me, uh, just giving me an opportunity to share some of, uh, share some of my thoughts um, uh, about God, uh, about God this morning. You know, we, we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters uh, in the, uh, and he's in the Old Testament. And, uh, and his name is Abraham. And, and there's, some, there's some things about Abraham, right? I mean, it's crazy to me. I mean, I don't like waiting. You know, we, we, got, we, got, to, we got to the airport uh, on the way over, and there literally there was hardly anybody in the, in, in the queue when I got there. But, but then they, they, they allowed this woman and, 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 you know, her young child or whatever, you know, to push in front of me and serve them first. I'm like, don't you know who I am? You know, I, I don't want to wait. So I, I want to, you know, but, but no, well, oh no, and I looked at Penny, and, you know, it's like, you know, can't, can't, calm down. You know, it's a, you know, it's a child. It's an invalid. So you just say, but honey, it's me. Uh, and um, but, but, but this guy waited a hundred years. I was just talking with Diana a few moments ago, and she said, she said, have you noticed we're older now? I said, speak for yourself. No, I didn't say that. I honestly didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. I, I said, I said, Diana. 
really? You don't look that much older than... than um... And then she said, yeah, but the mirror tells me differently. <laughs> I was like, well, come on, come on now. But, but here's this guy, you know, he's Abraham... You know, he, he's a hundred years waiting for God to come through. I don't know about you, but if you have a hundred, you know, if you, I don't know what you've prayed for in the last few weeks. But if, it's, if you're going to have to wait another hundred years, I don't know how you're going to feel about right, that right now. But, but he waits a hundred years. He has, his, he has his son, Isaac, and then he settles down. And for 25 years, life is good. And I don't know about you, I, I, look, I, I was, I'm debating, when am I going to retire? For sure as anything, I hope it's not 125. <laughs> you know, that, that means I'm, I'm not even halfway there. I'm surely halfway there. You know, and, you, and, and, yet, and yet he waits all this time. And you kind of wonder, is that it? You know, he's waited 100 years. He has his son. The promise has been satisfied. Is that it? And I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know about you, and I'm playing with this machine now. Woo. Um, and, and obviously, we're going back in time, four and a half thousand years. I'm not very good at reading the. Uh, whoops. Okay. Uh, whoop. Complete control was probably too much. Um, because now I can now I can barely read my barely read uh, my slides because my eyesight is. Uh, my, can you put it for one slide for me? Uh, yes, yes. Show this little bit, yeah. I'm actually, I'm a little bit like Dave. I'm hard of hearing. I'm blind. And, um, and, um, and I'm having surgery next month, you know. With, you know and, I'm, and my hair is going grey. But anyway, never. So, you know, in fact, a lot of people have asked us, are we identical twins? And, I, and I, I say, yeah, no, look, I'm, you know, he's a little bit older than me, but we're, work, but we're, but we're, but we're working on, but we're working on that. So, so, amen. You know, I might have to look back. Oh, I can see them right there. Oh. But um, and so obviously we're at this point. Sarah's given birth to Isaac. It's 25 years of a faithful and, and ironically some pretty unfaithful waiting. Okay, I think that's what I love about Abraham. He certainly wasn't perfect. And yet there are some things I really believe that we're going to learn this morning. Um, we, 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 we're going to learn this morning uh, as we study uh, Abraham. So let's move on now to... Um, amen. Yeah, we go. Let's read it together. So let's read the passage. Uh, and imagine yourself. This is four and a half thousand years ago. It's, it's just an impressive, uh, an impressive time. But I really want us to unpack this and learn some things and hopefully change our view a little bit about faith uh, and how God really wants to work uh, in your life and in my life. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He re- sorry, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Early in the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, and he took with him his two servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place in the distance. You've got to bear in mind, this is this going to seem very strange to Abraham. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. 
Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to, his, said to Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. Isaac kind of worked out some things right there. And laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. You know, it's an intense situation. Late in life, your only son, the promised heir. And, and, and it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of funny because when you, when you get to kind of grasp what, what God is actually doing, it's funny how, you know, first of all, God actually, it's a theophany. A God, God calls Abraham and, and Abraham responds. And, um, and then it begins, if you like, this, this, uh, this, um, this test or examination. And it's really interesting. It's really interesting because the way the Hebrew is written, written it's, it's not so much a test, but it's an examination to reveal what's on the inside. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's the condition. And ultimately, it's, it's really whether, whether he will obey God or not. It's really whether he had the faith that he will sacrifice. You know, I appreciate my wife. My wife, uh, you know, has, um, always has my best interest at heart. And one of the things, uh, and I really appreciate that, and one of the things she's always wanted me to do is have an annual medical checkup. And you know, and for me, like an annual medical checkup, and, and she will ask me, and, and about January, February every year, she kind of says, she kind of says, John, have you gone for your checkup yet? Have you booked your appointment? And I all, always answer exactly the same way. No, honey, because I don't need it. And she says, well, how do you don't need it? I said, well, look, I, I just feel fine. And she always looks at me and she says, you, you, you feel fine? Um, well, when did you get your medical degree? I must have, mi- I must have missed that fact. <laughs> well, well, honey, you know, doctors, they don't, always, they don't always know. She said, I know they don't always know, but you don't know. Okay, and, and would you like me to help out and book you the appointment? And I go, at that point, I go, no, no, I'll book it, you know. And then she'll ask me a week later, have you booked it? Oh, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm getting around there. Have you booked it? Oh, no. And I said, you sure you don't want me to do it? No, no, honey, I'll do it, I'll do it. I book it. <laughs> And you know it's funny because I, I, did, I did it for I, I did it you know and it started really started in my forties and it was all fine. I turned forty nine and, and I went to the doctors and he did his usual tests. You know I got home. You know Penny said how'd it go? I said honey it went fantastic. It was awesome. It was good. Then I got a call. Can you call the doctor? And you know, and, and it's really, and it's really funny because at that point in time, I thought, can I call the doctor? Oh, I, well, yeah, of course I can call him. I don't really want to call him, but but I can call him. Yeah, it's easy. I can do that. Penny said, call the doctor, and, and, the, and the doctor said, look, we the test, there's some unusual results. Can can you come in? And I thought, oh, can you just tell me on the phone? They said, no, sir, you need to come in and book an appointment. I told Penny, they just want more money. <laughs> they just want more money. You know, but. 
But you see, I can't see what's going on inside. And, and you know, it, I, felt, I felt fine on the outside. But there were things that were happening on the inside that I couldn't see and I was unaware of. And I went, I, I went in, I got the test results, and the, the test results uh, said that I had cancer. And I, I, but I felt fine. I said, no, 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 I'm fine, I can't have cancer. But the test results said I had cancer. And there's a whole other story that, I, that we'll talk about a little bit more about, little bit more about later, but, but this is the thing. Sometimes we can't see what's going on on the inside and sometimes we're really unaware of what, how we're doing. And so God, in a sense, he calls Abraham, he says, Abraham, and Abraham responds. And, and why is she doing this? Be- because, yes, he's testing him, but, but the test is to reveal what's going on on the inside. Because I think one of the things that we've learned as Christians as, and as disciples is what's going on the inside is often more important than what's going on on the outside. You know, and I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, one of the, it's one of those things that we, uh, that, that, that we just get used to how we are. But we need someone to look inside. Let me ask you a question. What's your stand on sacrifice? You know, when I was, when I was growing up as a young Christian, I, I loved the idea of sacrifice. Remember, you know, I remember studying the Bible with Pete Parramatta. Remember, remember that in your place? Pete was a chef and, or doing a few other things. He'd been a chef. I think you were still working as a chef back then. Yeah, so a few things. You had a few things. <laughs> <laughs> probably not That's right, probably, exactly. Maybe did. But, but I took, you know what I remember about Pete as we studied the Bible? This incredibly radical man who was determined to sacrifice for God. I mean, he challenged me so much. I, I would go back from the studies more challenged than more challenged than he was because he had the simple view. If God wants you to sacrifice, then hey, we should sacrifice. You know, what is, what is your view on sacrifice? Because I think so often it's sacrifice that reveals where we are in our faith. And, and Abraham, you've got to ask why. A hundred years old, sorry, he's 125 by this stage, a hundred years of waiting. He's got his son, but God wants more. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in life, God always wants more. Point, point number two, the results are in. You know, and obviously I, I, ended up, uh, I ended up being diagnosed uh, with prostate cancer and, and, and going through the treatment. And it's funny because it's all, all, of a, all of a sudden it became an issue of faith. I remember going out, I remember going out with the brothers, uh, or one particular brother, Eric, and he's like a radical guy. And he says, let's go pray together. I said, okay, Eric, let's go to pray. Let's go to pray. And I thought, you know, we were going to pray for my healing. And so, and so you know, we, we, went up on, we went up on this mountain uh, near my home and we walked up and we were praying. And he's going, Lord, I love you so much. God is so awesome. He said, I'm so fine. Out that John has cancer. I'm thinking, you'll find out that I have cancer. <laughs> it's like, what is this? He goes, Lord, I pray that I pray that you'll take him gently and that yeah. I said, take me gently, you know. He said, I, I, I pray that God is ready. I pray that John is ready to go and he won't he won't seek treatment and, and he'll just, I like at the end of the prayer I want to hit him, you know. It's like it's like it's like, and, and, and the funny thing is, he's just beaming. He said, it's so awesome that God has given you this chance to die sacrificially for the kingdom. I'm like, Eric, you're, you're, you're an idiot, okay? What are you talking about? Modern medicine. He said, oh, I don't believe in modern medicine. I said, I said that's okay for you, but I really believe passionately in modern medicine. You know, and um, it's like, uh, okay, um, 
You know, and, and it's funny. But, but I went through, a, in some sense, a crisis of faith after that point, on the walk, on the walk down. But it, it, really made, it really made me think about what was going on. You know, this is, this is a picture of my daughter after she went to play with her friends, broke her arm in numerous, in numerous places. You know, it's, 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 the results are in. What's going to happen now? And I think we need to, I think we need to understand. We, I think we need to understand. It should say Abraham worked it out, not worked in out. Um, um, I, think we need, I think we need to get a deep understanding here of the why of the examination. And I think a lot of times we're actually a little bit negative. Just negative as people. And so when, and so when we're tested and we think, well, well, God's testing my faith. And instantly we think it's because we've done something wrong. Or we're sinful. Or, or, or God is, or there's something that needs to be revealed in a negative sense. And we're just negative about ourselves. And, uh, but you've got to ask the question about the test. Was it judgment? Or was it revelation? And I think, for, I think for many of us, we think that when God tests our faith, we actually think it's judgment. You see, this is not, this is not faith on trial. This is faith on show. And later on, even though, I mean, you know, two and a half thousand years later, and of course Abraham had no idea of this when they were writing the book of, of Hebrews, as God inspired men to write this book, it, it talked about how Abraham... In his faith, reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, or figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the faith, from the dead. You've got to ask this question. Are your faithful trials, are they to inspire people around you? It's so often, it's not that God wants to, it's not that God wants to reveal your sin, but that God wants you to, to faithfully impact People. I think the great lesson, the great lesson of, of, of Abraham is it's not faith on trial, but it's faith on show. Amen. You know, I, I, think, I think if there's a lesson from Abraham, it was that Abraham's faith that decided the course of his life, not his failings. I mean, Abraham messed up repeatedly. He, he, you know, he sold his wife into sexual slavery. I don't know about you, but when you think about when you think about the father of the faith, you think, well, what was the father of the faith? What was what is well, you know, what, what did he do? He sold his wife to Pharaoh so they could have a sexual relationship together. Of course it didn't work out and God intervened. You think, hang on a minute, that's the this is the guy we're meant to follow? <laughs> really? Abraham, his failings did not decide his life. But his faith. And I, I, think, I think that's really important for you because I, I, think for, I think for so many of us we think it's our failings. Well I messed up. I was a leader once and I'm, now I'm not. And, 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 I, oh, and I've got all these issues and, and I've had this and I've had that and I've grown older. I've got pressures of money, pressure of life. I've messed up with sin. I did that and I did this. We've all done that. We've, everyone's done that. If you haven't, you will. Okay? You know? Just a matter of time. Okay? I, I, I love it with young Christians. Like I'm never going to do that. I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And then a few months later it's like oh my goodness me I messed up with all these things. Of course you're always going to do that. It's not your failings that decide your life. It's your faith. You know, and Abraham's faith is not, it's not a blind, it's not a blind faith, but it's a considered and thoughtful faith. And I, and I don't know if you notice what, what, what happened, but, but, but God, but before he goes up, he does some things. 
He cuts up firewood. And that obviously is a very deliberate act. And he's, he's cutting up the firewood, and as he's cutting up the firewood, you've got to wonder what he's thinking. You know, and then obviously, you know, I have a question, why did God make him go to Moriah? That's three days away. Well, why didn't he just make him go around the corner? You know, say, hey, hey, Abraham, just go around the corner and do it. He said, no, no, I want you to go to Mount Moriah, three days' walk. And as he was going there, you think, you know, he had plenty of time to think. And, and as he's walking up the hill, he's got to be thinking. Mount, Mount Moriah is a Hebrew word, and it's a combination, or it's two words put together. Ra and yeh. And, and, and what, does it, what does it mean? It means to see and to fear. You know, when you walk up, if you ever climbed up a mountain, you know, it's easier at the bottom than it is at the top. What's going on? Abraham has to think it through. Our faith is not blind, but our faith is deep and thoughtful. You know, it's funny. If you want to get a man to think, what do you get him to do? I think Penny's kind of nailed that down in, in our relationship. She wants me to think, she gives me a job to do. You know, the other day I came home and we, 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 our, house is, our house has flooded a number of times. And so we've decided to fix up the flood as best we can by, by removing dirt from the side of the house and, and making these uh, great drains. Because we keep, we keep being flooded and we keep being broken into. And, um, and so we decided we want to put security. We've been robbed three times. We've been flooded three times. We thought, okay, let's stop that now. And, uh, and, so, and, and so anyway, but we had this builder and the builder, the builder dug, builder dug a, uh, you know, a huge drain out and he left this massive mound of earth by the side of my house and, and then he, he's a little bit older he said oh I don't want to put it back can your husband do it <laughs> and of course I wasn't there and, and, and Penny answered for me yeah of course my husband would love to do it <laughs> um, love to do it so I come home and, and, and Penny's literally beaming you know it's like I said honey why are you so happy she said I've got a job for you to do I'm like no and I'm like okay what sort of job and I'd seen this massive pile of dirt out the front. She said, she said, there's a pile of dirt out front. I want you to put it in the wheelbarrow. And the builder had left his wheelbarrow and his spade and move it up the side of my hill. I've got a steep hill by the side of my... I said, what? She said, she said look, he'd really appreciate it if you could do it. It would save us money. And, and, and then she goes, I'd love for you to do it. You know, so like, I'm like... It's that moment when you think, you know, I remember back to our dating days, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, this is the moment where I've got to be a man. And so, and so, and so, and I tried to make an excuse and she said, oh, it'd be so awesome if you did it. Thank you, honey. And so I go out there and I'm just like, oh my goodness, me, friend, you know, so good. And then I looked at the pile, I looked at the spade, I looked at the hill. I'm like, oh my goodness, me, this is just so, and so I started, I've got the spade, okay, and I'm one two, three, and then I started walking it up the hill. And, but then I began to start thinking. You know, it's funny, and, and, I began, and, and, and then I began to start thinking, that's a good thing for me to do, I'm actually serving, that's a good thing, I'm helping my wife out, I'm helping this guy out. And, and then I continued to think, and then I began to think about all things in the day, and then I began to do a little bit of praying, then I, then I got a bit grumpy. You know, so, and then I called, Penny, come watch! You know, I want you to come watch! Because, because when I, whenever I do any job like that, I need Penny to come and watch me, you know. Because <laughs> A, I don't want to do it on my own, okay, because that's boring. And B, I wanted to see how good I am at doing it. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but, but then she came and she said, oh, no, I've, I've, I've got to fix up the dinner. And I, I thought, watch, dinner, watch. We don't have this. Okay, do the dinner, honey. Be, but, and, 
and, I, and I kept going, but, but, but really it was just an incredible time, incredible time just to think. You know, Abraham, he had this time to think, to see, and to fear. You know, and I think sometimes in, in, in our lives, as, as our lives, we, we do get challenges. And we've got to see, and to hear, and to fear. You know, then it gets, it gets more interesting, because then Isaac speaks up. Hey, Dad, where is the sacrifice? You know, and it's, it's interesting... And we'll get to a little bit, remember this question because we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to it in a minute. You know, where is your faith going to take you? Would it take you up the mountain of sacrifice? You know, I often, I often think there's a sweet spot, and I've shared this a little bit. I've learned something. I've learned, okay, I've learned so many things. Okay. When I thought I knew things, I realized now I knew nothing. And I'm probably in 10 years, if, I, if I'm still alive in 10 years, I'll probably think back and think, gosh, John, you knew nothing back then as well. But you have children. And your children, you know, they, you have these views and these visions and, and, and these dreams for your children. And I've kind of, I kind of, I kind of learned something. But, but not through, through my children and their challenges and struggles in life. I've learned that when my dreams are God's dreams, that's the sweet spot in life. Amen. And I think for many of us, we don't realize that that's the sweet spot. We've, we've got our own dreams, and they're really different from God's dreams. We, we focus on like, our careers, and, and there's nothing wrong in any of these things. Our careers, our families, our children, our lives. And then we kind of wonder why our prayers aren't answered. And, and we, we wonder why God doesn't come to us in the way that we expect because our dreams are different to God's dreams. And you know, when you get, when your dreams are God's dreams, He'll answer them every time. You know, a, this is just a sub point. I've learned something. The book in the Bible that has most on family is the book of Genesis. It's so much about, about family, about bringing up family, and, and just even to understand this, just a few quick things um, uh, to, to think about. If Abraham was alive today, and a parent today, would our society consider him a good parent? Would it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that our society would recognise Abraham's great parenting skills. You know, because you've got to think. You've got to think about some things. Obviously, the two of them left on this journey, and it was it was a spiritual journey. But you've got to ask yourself, what what was that? Impact of the experience on Isaac, and, and I think our world—I I think our world today, because our world today tries to tries to shelter and overprotect our children. You know, when I was a kid, this was a trampoline. Actually, I had a trampoline like this, okay? And and, and in fact, I fell off it numerous times. I got I got concussion and busted bits in my bodies. But now, what's what's a modern day trampoline look like? <laughs> You know, it's like, and if you don't have a trampoline like that, then you're a bad parent, okay? Because you've got to protect your children. You know, you think, think about Abraham. You know, right here, Isaac could have been traumatized by this experience. You know, you, have you ever? I mean, I know some of you have had naughty children. 
Have you ever tied them? Maybe you did, right? Have you ever tied them up? You know, seriously, bound them, okay? And then said, okay, and then and then decide, then go out, build a fire, okay? Put a table on top of the fire, laid them on, laid them on it, bound up, and then got a knife and about to draw. I mean, you think of the little the last actually looking up, Dad? What are you doing? Like, what's going in the world? You know, and and um, you know, I think they call it child abuse today. It's like, wow, you're abusing your children. And sometimes our world has a strange view of faith and of sacrifice. I remember when I was a kid, I used to do um, uh, the old version of MMA, which was WWF, wrestling with my dad. And my dad used to love it. My dad was a strong guy, and he, he would love this move where he would jump in the air and then land on me and go, whoa, like that. And anyway, you know, we were, we were messing around. We were messing around one time, and I was wrestling with dad, and, and uh, I fell off, you know, I fell over, and dad jumped up and went, whoa, but, but he actually just, my arm was there. And he crashed down on my arm, and he shattered my arm in four places. And, um, and, and so then we, you know, so then it was like, and, and it was like, then I'd just eaten, so I couldn't have an operation. So I go to, so I get, I get taken to the emergency room. My, literally, my hand is dangling, bits of bone sticking out here. And, 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 then, the, the, and then the nurse did what any good nurse does. She rings the police. Okay. <laughs> you know, and then the police turn up, and, you know, and then they question my father. And he said, we were just playing a game. <laughs> you know, was just, just a game. There was nothing serious. It was just, just a game. And, you know, and then I had to have surgery to, to put my arm back together. And, and then the police came for a more formal interview. After that, um, and, and, and discuss with my father about what is child abuse and what is not. Um, and I said, no, no. And, and I said, no, no. It was just a game. It, it was just a game. I mean, I wonder. I, I wonder what Abraham said to Sarah when she got home. Hey, hey, Abraham, what were you and Isaac up to? Oh, we were we were just out. What, what, what were you doing when you were out? Oh, I was just sacrificing him, you know. <laughs> no, nothing too bad. Well, how did you do it? Well, I tied him up, laid him on a table and stabbed him. Oh, okay, well, that, that, that's fine. And, and, and how is Isaac? You know, look, he's a bit traumatized, but I think he'll be all right later. You know, it, it'll be good. You know, even... I wonder later on in life when they were, you know, you know, when Isaac was a bit older, talking to Dad, Dad, were you really going to stab me? You know, well, I think you've been naughty that day. No, I mean, it was just, it's just, you know, we've we got to understand. I, I think we, I think we live in a world. Society has changed, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's altogether changed for the best. And, and, and I think in some, in some senses, in some senses, we try and shelter our kids, but we shouldn't. We should share our faith, not the world. You know, um, I, think, I think a lot of times it's easy, you know, to, to share our, our worldly aspirations with our children. But really we should be sharing our faith. It, it's easy to say, well, I, you know, I, I, it's easy to say I want you to be successful at school. I want you to do great at sport. I, I, want, you to, I want you to do all of these things instead of saying, hey, hey I want you to be a great disciple. I, I want you to be fruitful and faithful and learn to deny yourself and learn to live for God and, and be a man, a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. And, um, and, and I, I think this is so important. Our world is telling us not to do that. But I really believe that, that, that our God and Jesus are telling us to do that. And finally, finally this morning, I think it's really important to understand that God will always see you right. And, um, and um, you know, when I was a kid, 
and I've shared this before, if you've, if you've heard me before, yeah, I, I, have, I have problems. I was expelled a couple of times from school. It started as early as preschool. It was just, a, it just and it's really hard to get expelled at preschool, but I managed it. Um, I, had a number of, I had a number of run-ins. I, 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 I went to a number of different high schools. Uh, it just was the way that it was. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I gave my parents incredible, incredible grief. Uh, I remember a parent-teacher uh, night. Um, my, my dad came home and I asked my dad, I said, Dad, how did it go? And I could tell he didn't go very well because he had that look on his face. He said, well, son, he said, well, son your, your teachers and the headmaster are unified in their opinion of you. Oh, what is it, Dad? He said, well, they think that if you try really hard, you could be a, a, a garbage collector. <laughs> and right at that point in time, I knew that my father wasn't happy, that he had greater aspirations. He was a university professor. He had greater aspirations than his son being a garbage collector. I, and I said... Oh, sounds okay, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, good. You know, and, and also I remember I said, Dad, didn't you do that? He said, yeah, I did that when I was a student paying my way through university. That's not your career. Uh, and, um, and, and then they took away, took, they punished me by taking away almost all the possessions I owned in the world. I lived in a room, but, but anyway. Come on, John. And so part of the, part of the, so then, so then part of the problem was at Christmas, my parents had a, had a favourite. My, my, there was me struggling at school. My sister was the top student in our state. Okay? And you know, and it's just like, and so my parents, she was a professional musician. She was taught by one of the most famous violinists in the world. She, was, she got straight A's at everything she ever did, and, and she topped the state's you know, exams and got a you know, scholarship into any university she wanted. And I was a dustman. And, uh, <laughs> and so Christmas would come. And, 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 you know, we'd, and, and I did love my Christmas presents, but Christmas would come. And my parents always put the tree up and the, and the presents under the tree. And there'd be this big pile of presents and this little pile, like one or two. And, and, and I, would look, I would look down and I'd look at the pile and, and, I, would, and I would often sneak in and look at the pile and I'd say, Jill, 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 Jill. Jill, 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 John, John. And I was like, well, maybe they got some more somewhere else, you know. You know, Christmas Day would come, and, you know, and my parents would give me my presents, which would be a textbook and um, you know, pens and paper, you know. And my sister would get these most amazing gifts, and, and I, would, I would look over, I would look over, at her, my parents would be, isn't that awesome, Jill? Oh, isn't that what you want? So awesome. And they'd look at me, you better study hard on those things. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and then, but then, and this is absolutely true, then my, then my, my, grand would, my grandmother would come over to me and she'd say, John, I'll see you right. And she'd stick 50 pounds in my back pocket and say, don't tell your mum and dad. <laughs> I never was going to tell my mum and dad. Man, you didn't have to say that, you know. But but I love it. She and she, she said, "I'll see you right." And, and uh, the, the beautiful thing was, my grandmother lived around the corner, and, and 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 during the darkest hours, I would go to my grandmother's, and she always saw me right. And you know, I, I think I think one of the I think one of the things in life is you got to realize that God is always going to see you right. And, and, and I get it. Sometimes life is tough. I get it. Sometimes life is challenging. And I think sometimes maybe you look at me, and I think people often look at me, and they think, well, John, you just had it easy. Yes and no. Okay. I think I have had it easy in some ways. But I've had my challenging times too. But God has always seen me right. And let me tell you, 
You're just as special, if not more special to God than I am. And God will always see you right. You know, I love this. I love the passage, you know. And, and, and so obviously then... then and and, rem, and remember, remember, some, remember, remember Isaac's question. Where's the sacrifice, Dad? As we read it, let's just think about that. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. I mean, he wants to talk to God at this point. He knows that. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. And here's the crazy thing about that. God at no point doubted that Abraham would do it. It wasn't for Abraham. It was for you and for me. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. You see, Isaac and Abraham, because they were so focused on their current situation, didn't see the ram that was there the whole time. And it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Just at the right time time. You know it says Abraham It says Abraham lifted his eyes because Abraham had been looking down had been looking inward and isn't that what we do so many times you know, you know I, I share the story uh, of my cancer that was one of the most challenging times of my life I looked inside not out I mean I remember, I remember so many people many saying share how you feel I don't want to share how I feel. I feel miserable. I got cancer. What do you, what do you, what do you think? You know, Microsoft said, can I, can I come up and visit you? I said, no, you can't. Because you don't have cancer. If you have cancer, you can come visit me. And until you do, stay at home. That's not really a very godly attitude, I know. You know, Mike, Mike rang, uh, can I come up? No, you can't. I was like, no one can come and see me. Because, because I'm unhappy, okay? I don't want cancer. And it, you know, here's the funny thing. It wasn't... It wasn't fear of dying. It was, the, it was jealousy that everybody else got what I was losing. I thought I'd never see my grandkids. I, I may never see my kids. I may never have grandkids. But, but, but it was the thought. I, there were so many things that I wanted. And I thought God had taken them from me. You know, I was looking inward. I was looking down. Was the ram always there? Of course the ram was always there. And, and, and they, just, they just missed it. And I think so many times in us, in, 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 in our lives, when we look inwards, we miss the fact that God has provided. Not that he will, but that he always has. You know, the First Corinthians passage, in First Corinthians 10, he says, he says, you know, you don't have to sin. You say, well, why not? I feel compelled. He said, because I've already provided a way out. You just haven't seen it. You know, and sometimes we doubt where we're going to go in life because we haven't seen that God has a great faith and a great plan for us. Let me tell you something. The Lord will always see you right. He always has with me and he always will with you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. And we'll just, finish very, we'll just finish very quickly. I'm so excited for what's happening in Auckland. You know, you guys are so dear to me. This city... Uh, 
I spent the best years of my life. I had the most exciting times of my life here. And, and I love this place with, with such an intense passion. And, and I'm so excited to know that, that we're building, or you're building this incredible kingdom that's going to touch the hearts of people. That you're going to connect God to the lives of so many people. You know, it's just so incredibly exciting because God will provide. You know, just a, just a, just I guess just a few, uh, just a few little things, um, just to, to, to closing out and get my slides right. Um, you know what's crazy? Just to finish off in terms of faith, this is written four thousand five hundred years ago. Abraham had no concept of Jesus, never heard of him. Never thought about him. Never experienced him. Maybe the angel of the Lord, but I don't think he grasped. I don't think he grasped any idea. But do you see the images of Jesus? Yeah, anybody who says the Bible, anyone who says the Bible is not divinely inspired or there's not something special about the Bible, has simply never read it. Okay. Mount Moriah. Where was Mount Moriah? Jerusalem. You know, he made him go to Jerusalem. He sacrificed. You see, see, he sacrificed on the mountain where Jesus was going to be sacrificed. He sacrificed a lamb. You know, it's funny, isn't it? When John the Baptist, JTB, John the Baptist says about Jesus, here comes the future lamb that's going to sacrifice. You know, there was a miraculous birth. And we, we, we share that same miraculous birth, our Christmas celebration. Isaac's birth was miraculous. Jesus' birth was miraculous. Abraham sacrificed his only son. You know, and Jesus obviously was God's only son. And there's so many more. If you start digging deep, and I, I, I won't go into it, you know, the fact that Isaac carries the wood on his shoulders, he's carrying the cross, the idea of being back from the dead, the idea of the first resurrection. There, there are just so many deeply embedded images. Just to close, God wants to provide for you. He, he, he wants you to always be right. But he also wants to provide something that's so incredibly special. He wants to forgive your sin and he he wants to wash away your your impurities, your failings that that can so often define your life. He wants you to have freedom. And he wants wants you to live a life that's defined not by your sin or your failings or your past hurts. But that's defined by your faith that will change and transform your world and the world around you. Thank you very much indeed.